Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you, Brother Isa? Oh, wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, I'm doing well. Um, we'd like to welcome all of our viewers today. Alhamdulillah, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. We'd like to welcome all of our viewers today. Inshallah, we're having a very important session today with a very old and very good friend of mine, Brother Isa Abdul Noor. Um, he's alhamdulillah, he's a retired Marine. Um, he served in the Marine Corps, and Alhamdulillah, he's a good Muslim brother of mine. We spend time together. We work together. Um, like, as far as work goes, regular professional work, we work together, and we spend time together in Jamaat, and we spend time together in Masajid and places like that, Alhamdulillah. So, Isa, if you introduce yourself a little bit more, you're more than welcome to. Absolutely. Um, my name is Isa Abdul-Noor. Um, I was in the Marine Corps for eight years, eight little over eight years on active duty. Um, got out, retired 2013. Um, currently, I'm a student at Northern Kentucky University. Um, <clears throat> my major is law. My focus is law. And um, my um, hopefully, I'll be obtaining my Juris Doctor in Law uh, in about two and a half, three years. Okay. Alhamdulillah. Um, what's it called? So today our topic of discussion is going to be PTSD, and we're going to be talking about it. And obviously, as a Marine, um, Isa, he's he served a few tours of Iraq, and he's been overseas. And unfortunately, due to serving, he he did suffer a lot mentally, physically. Alhamdulillah, you know, we'd like to thank him for whatever he's done for this deen and for this dunya. But you know, because of the the damage he's taken. You know, he struggles with PTSD, and there's nothing to talk about it. Am I correct, Brother Isa? That's correct. Um, so what's it called? So what one of the things was we wanted to talk about um, is the topic of discussion, PTSD itself. Can you tell us a little bit about it as far as being a Marine, how it affects you, what goes on with you, and what, what's going on in general? Yeah, well, um, I can only speak for myself and my personal experiences with it, but uh, PTSD is um, it's afflicted. It's afflicted my life mostly negatively. Um, <clears throat> it's just it's a condition that uh, that you that one has to learn how to live with. Um, for, as for, for me personally, uh, PTSD is uh, you know caused me to. You know, not be myself in, in a lot of situations. Um, uh, you know, a lot of friends have told told me that they don't recognize me. Um, it. No, no. <laughs> um, trying to gather some words. Yeah, I, I want to. I, I don't know where. I don't know where to go with it. Um, I don't know whether to talk about how how it's how it's affected me personally, or or you know how I've seen it affect others around me. But okay. it, it manifests itself in a lot of different ways. Like oh, no. there's so, there's so, there's so many things I could talk about. Like a lot of my friends and a lot of guys that I've served with also suffers from PTSD, and um, it's actually one of the one of the leading causes of of death um, within the small group of people that I know as far as committing suicide, overdosing on um, mind and mood altering substances. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's a, it's a terrible, terrible uh, mental illness that 
you have to learn how to live with it and you have to learn how to cope with it and learn how to manage it by taking your medications, by seat, by uh, getting in touch with a higher power of your understanding, whatever that may, that may be. Um, seeking professional help as far as your therapy and just balancing, understanding that it, it'll never go. It's a condition that'll never go away. You know, um, what I've seen and, and you know, what, what I've done and <clears throat> it is it's something that it, I can't it can't be hypnotized away. So it's just a condition that you it 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 becomes a part of you. You learn how to live with it and, and just code that into your DNA and and move along and live a, the. The best quality life that you can. So why is it so important to talk about it? Because just, you know, I don't mean to interrupt you. I know you're talking about it. And Alhamdulillah, you're giving us a lot of good information. But a lot of times we don't know what you guys go through as military, as Marines, as different areas of the military, armed forces. And in general, people who suffer from PTSD from many different maybe sexual assault or from domestic violence or from just, you know, being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Why is it so important to talk about this, especially in the aspect of, somebody who served our armed forces for such a long time and may you may receive the treatment you need you may not why is it so important to talk about it i personally believe that it's important to talk about it just to you know for the simple fact of bringing awareness to it um i mean in the in the i can't speak for other armed forces but in the marine corps uh we're taught to you know quote unquote suck it up and 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 deal with it and and those that you know let let uh let nightmares or ptsd or anything that you that you went through if you let it if you let it uh overtake your life in a negative way then you're just weak or um you know there's a whole lot of different stigmas attached to uh attached to um attached to ptsd and not just with you know from what i suffer from it could be anything you know um it's just i think our society i think our society as a whole hasn't found a, a a way to actually address it. So it's better to just remain quiet about it and, and keep it in the dark versus shedding light on it and actually giving it the attention that it merits and that it deserves. Just like a lot of, just like a lot of other things I can, I, I can, I can uh, draw comparisons to like um, our, our, our climate right now, as far as minorities, how we're, uh, how we're uh, told to be quiet, stay in our place. You know, people don't want to hear hard truths. People don't want to see harsh realities. Um, they'd rather just put a blanket over it and keep it in the dark and pretend like it doesn't exist. And I think PTSD is unfortunately um, one of those casualties that falls into that category. So it's important to bring awareness to it to show that I, I think that everybody suffers some type of PTSD to some degree. Nobody comes out of this life unscathed. It's just a matter of what level of degree, the severity of it, and how you go about dealing with it. Bro, that's like that's so deep what you just said right now, that everybody suffers to some extent, and it's just the severity which is different. That that as Muslims, I'm not gonna say that we may suffer the same sort of trauma as somebody who served in the armed forces and seen to what you guys have seen, but just on a base level that as a Muslim you may face some sort of, you know, PTSD from even going in the store sometimes if you've been treated wrong. And it, like I said, severity level may not be the same as somebody who's seen death and who's seen destruction, 
but you may, every time you go into a store, even you may feel like, Oh, do I really want to go into the store? Right. And it's, and it's, and it's an individual struggle, which like you said, the reason it should be addressed or talked about is this isn't an individual struggle per se for each person. It is a struggle, but it's a struggle that society at large may face. And the more we talk about it, the better we can assess it and address it. That's exactly right. Um, one of the one of my favorite quotes that I like to keep me going. Um, one of my favorite hadiths is what says. Allah says that he does not bear. He does not put on put more. He does not burden more on the soul that they can't bear. So no matter what it is that you're struggling or going going through, I, I take solace in the fact that you know I can I, I can get through it. I can get through it. Anybody can, because Allah is not going to put more on you than you can bear. So whatever it may be. Um, there's different outlets and different different uh, different approaches that you can take and to 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 help you out in whatever in whatever situation you may find yourself in, whatever mental, physical, um, emotional state of mind you may be find yourself. There's always a solution to every problem. If you if you don't hear me saying something, I'm keeping my mic off because I have a guest here with me as well. I see. Yeah, your friend Abid, he's here. I see. Um, <laughs> so, brother, brother Isa is also a father. He has three kids, and he just recently had a daughter born, um, Khadija. Everybody give dua to her that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala help her and her parents all throughout the way. Um, and and but one of the main topics that we were going to talk about and discuss in conjunction with obviously PTSD was trying to get close with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala or God in general, or for other people getting in touch with you know God or religion or whatever can keep them spiritually in touch and how important it is. And Brother Isa, alhamdulillah, he's throughout the course of time, he's found solace or he's found, um, what's it called, connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I, I apologize about that, brother. I don't know what happened. No, it's all good. Um, you just looked up for like 50 seconds, so I decided to restart, restart it. Okay, that's fine. I apologize about that to all the viewers. But I jumped over to my cell phone because, you know, I don't know what's going on with my house internet. Okay. I um, can't so, different, so. so uh, Brother Heather, he was saying, um, it's great to see my Etikaf brother. Um, <laughs> but but I think cool. we were at the point where we were talking about um, how you found, you know, solace or you found some peace and relief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we've, alhamdulillah, we spent some time in Jamaat together as well and trying to find that same peace. And I remember many, many years ago, I don't know if you remember or not, um, we were in Jamaat, we were in Lake Norman Masjid. And this is back when you just left the Marine Corps and we were talking about how, uh, what's it called? You were like, I take my medicines, but also going on Jamaat and trying to do dhikr, which is remembrance of Allah has really helped me find peace, suffering through PTSD. I think I remember vaguely. So, so yeah, go ahead. Shed some light on that for us. Um, I don't know. For me, for uh, for me personally, um, first of all, for for those that may not know, um, I didn't grow up a Muslim. Um, yeah. My father took his shahad, I believe, in ninety ninety one, way way in the early nineties. Yeah. So I grew I grew up my and my mother and father were divorced. So. My mother is a Christian. We grew up with my mother uh, primarily as as uh, under her care. But um, 
I knew about the religion of Islam through my father growing up. So I've, I've always been, I was always, I guess you could say attracted or open-minded to, to Islam more than Christianity. Cause I guess I take this from my father, but I, I look at things from a logical and a factual standpoint. And it just, Islam just always made more sense logically to me. I mean, there's no contradictions anywhere that I could find. Um, everything made sense. It's just I, I've always been attracted to it, and I've been going on to my with my with my father uh, since I was a kid, um, yeah. once, even before I was a Muslim. So none of n- none of the aspects of the culture or the dean itself was was foreign to me. So, so yeah. when I got to 2013, um, I, was, I just felt compelled to take my shahada, and and then from there, um, for me personally, it's 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 still it still has been a struggle, obviously. Um, but I believe that this dean as a, as a whole in its entirety has saved my life overall. Um, just being in the mess, just being in the masjid, uh, being around Muslim brothers like such as good Muslim brothers such as yourself, um, making my a lot, and always having in mind, like whenever I make a decision, good, bad, or indifferent, always keeping in mind. Is this decision going to please Allah, or is, or is, or is, is it going to displease Allah? And honestly, that's kept me from making a lot of bad choices. Although I have made my my fair share, it's, I think it's really this dean has really kept me from going off the deep end versus where I could be, you know, in contrast to where I am now. I mean, it's it's a struggle for each and every one of us in our own different ways, and obviously, you having you know led the path or the different ways of life that you had to lead and you being a star football player at independence for you know <laughs> you know that that has its own challenges and its own you know um things that go along with it am i correct to say that yeah, absolutely and and the dunya poses challenges for each and every one of us in a different way i agree That's so so like you said, you know, your PTSD struggle is your struggle. And you, you were like, I can't really shed light or talk about other people. But but in general, having dealt with a lot of people, I imagine a lot of other people who served with you who suffer from PTSD. What what seems to be, aside from just taking medicines, what seems to be a common solution or a common way to cope with it? Um, Shedding light on it, going back to the our our initial our initial uh, point in this conversation, uh, coming together and talking about it. Um, you know, it, we don't have to. You don't have to get behind a podium and broadcast it to the world. You know, but just getting some uh, getting together with some common like minded people who understand that that what what they struggle with and who want to get better because they're. I mean, this goes with all walks of life as well, but you have a, you know, a positive and a negative with everything. And you have the negative people living with PTSD and they know they have PTSD. They know that they struggle and they don't care. You know, they, they, uh, that you, you, you find them in, in, in alleys and, you know, just all on, in all sorts of undesirable places doing undesirable things. You can either take that approach or you can take the approach where, you know, you gather together in, in, in a wholesome environment and 
bounce bounce ideas off each other, bounce each other's problems off each other, you know, and kind of like feed in and 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 nourish each other with with spiritual guidance, um, with information about about the about the illness itself, um, um, network with each other. And that's that's the, that's really the key is networking with other individuals who seek help and want to get better. Um, it's just getting connected, basically, is is really the key that I, I, I would say not only would help me, but would help other people as well as building a network of people who uh, who wants who wants to get better and wants to see you do better. You know, just like um, just like it's no different from building a network when you go into Jamaat, you know. When you go on Jamaat, if you go on enough Jamaats, yeah. I mean, you'll have a network of people that you know all the way around the world. My father has been going on Jamaat well over, I was <laughs> close to 30 years. And I don't think that there's a country in this world that he can go to and not have somebody that he can call and stay at their house if he wanted to. That's how well established his network is because of, you know, his... uh his, you know, how strong his dean is and going on, going on Jamaat. And it's no different from, you know, getting a strong base and network, um, working with people, like-minded people who have the same common goal. I say, Alhamdulillah. You know, he's, he's, he's really a trooper when it comes to going in Jamaat and spending time in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And one of the things about going in Jamaat is, um, if you, especially if you go to foreign countries, you get to explore, go to places you probably wouldn't go to normally. And it right. really tests your mental strength that you know are you willing to put up with people like this or not <laughs> right <laughs> and you you run into a lot of characters in general in life and that shows you another aspect or another area of characters you can run into so so obviously you suffered from ptsd um to a certain extent i i mean i've gotten to see it and i remember when we used to work in the food truck together we'd run into a lot of people who used to give you you used to give us a hard time in general but you used to give you a hard time as well maybe mm -hmm. because of who you're working for or working with or because of your color and stuff like that and and i've seen how it negatively affects you how when people they have a toxic personality it really hurts you really bad from what i've seen and and is that a fair assessment to make that when somebody's being toxic with you it it really you know affects you yes yes <laughs> it, it even even more so um during the time frame that you're talking about even more so then than it does now alhamdulillah because i'm i'm slowly evolving and learning how not to let other people um not not let other people's emotions and actions dictate how i feel and how i how i react yeah. um th that's a, a, another common struggle that i dealt with for a long time um in lieu of my ptsd is um, I came from a situation in the Marine Corps where I had a lot of leadership. I had a lot of people, a lot of men looking up to me, um, asking for or looking at me for guidance, for direction. Um, you know, I, I, had, I had a lot of responsibility and a lot of, I guess you could say, merit weight when I was in the Marine Corps. And, you know, coming out and, and, and dealing with dealing with civilians and dealing with different people's attitudes and and you and you're not and you're not mm, getting the same level of respect or the same level of appreciation that you used to get and it it for me it 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 took its it took its toll like i had the wrong mindset in general like i thought that i felt like 
because I did what I did, you know, just because just because I was who I was, people owed me something. And that's the wrong mindset to have. Um, I had to I had to get rid of that. I see. I because because, because I remember one time somebody was very disrespectful to you and I went to talk with the guy and I was like, I was like, you gotta obviously in general, you're not supposed to disrespect anyone. I was like, I was like, you do realize the guy, the struggle this guy has been through. He's a retired Marine and the guy's mindset changed, but it shouldn't be like that where somebody should disrespect you and they only respect you because you're a Marine, but right. rather you should get respect as a human being in general. I agree with that a hundred percent. And maybe that person's respect was only for you because you're a Marine. And, and that's another aspect of PTSD is where people may mistreat you and you may react differently, but they don't know who you are, what you've done, but that shouldn't be a, an adding factor or a factor that goes into it for you to receive the respect or disrespect, whichever way it goes, or, or in general, anything like medical treatment shouldn't be, if you're suffering from PTSD, medical treatment shouldn't be only given to people who've, you know, served, or maybe in your case, a lot of times I know where Marines or people who served in the military, they may not even get the treatment they need or the medical help they need. And they're out on the streets that they're seeking it, but they're not getting it. Mm -hmm. That's true. And, and is that a big problem? That's um, I, I would say that's one of the biggest problems is, is uh, not only veterans, but people who, who, who need medical treatment. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm talking past physical medical treatment. I'm talking about mental yeah. treatment. I'm talking about spiritual treatment um, yeah. because that's what, that's what PTSD affects the most. It affects your mental state. It, it affects your spiritual well-being. And when you're when your mental and your spiritual well-being is, is under attack, your physical is your physical well-being is, is going to follow and it follows soon after. Um, and I think that uh, I think that our healthcare system, not only in the, in the Veterans Affairs, but as a whole, as a country, is really, really failing people in that uh, in that department. Um, and it all goes back to. It all goes back to shedding light on the problem. Yeah, I mean, I mean, one of my things is I'm, and you know me, you've known me for a very long time now. I'm the love. Um, and you know me very closely for at least the past seven to eight years now. Um, one of my one of my perspectives is I'm not I'm not a big advocate of war. Um, I'm not a big advocate of sending our, our kids or our young guys to war. And uh, you know, in general, I, I I you know we all love peace. Um, but what I say is if you're gonna send somebody off. And they're gonna go fight your war, and they're gonna come back damaged. And you guys, honestly, you guys come back damaged from mental, physical, all sorts of you know different you know casualties that you guys face, and that's the truth. Then when you have these guys who are coming back, these young guys, and you're not gonna want to take care of them, that's a shame. That you yeah. guys are putting your life and limb at the mercy and at the whim of other people. And when those people, they, they welcome you back with, you know, maybe the soldiers welcome, but then when you, you come back and you want to get integrated back into the system, you don't have that help or that system there. What kind of crap is that? And not only that, I mean, what is there, what is the system that is in place to help, um, finds ways and finds different excuses to not give you the help. That's what yeah. a lot of veterans face is, is, uh, is the VA's, circus of loops that they make you jump through in order to get some type of help you know it's, it's yeah. asinine. i i feel like sometimes you have to beg for the help and that's a shame yeah you do you you're not wrong and and you're like i said 
not just you, but other veterans, they're voluntarily putting their life, you know, into the line of danger. And then when they're coming back, instead of, you know, voluntarily getting the help, like, oh, here, Isa or John or whoever, that you serve our country so valiantly, here's the help that you need. Rather, you have to ask for it then. Yeah. And, yep. and you know, obviously that, that plays into it a lot. Um, so personally speaking, now we're, now we're going to get into the personal of you. Um, what, and you said you, you shed a little bit of light on it, but I want you to elaborate a little bit for us and for our viewers and for other people who listen afterwards that what do you feel or what do you find is a good way or the best way to, you know, try to get in touch or try to keep yourself stable? Um, for me personally, I wouldn't, you know, I have to give kudos to my wife because I wouldn't be able to answer this question accurately or honestly if it wasn't for her saying so. But whenever whenever I come from the masjid, whether it be Vajuma or some type of Salat or, or Halakha or whenever I get done talking with my therapist, whenever I get done with my appointments at the VA, she always says that I'm in a better mood, like for the rest of the day. And I And, and when she says that, it makes me more conscious of it. So I pay attention to, to, uh, to it and what she says. And, and, you know, it, it, she's right. It, it makes sense. Like whenever I miss a, if I miss a Juma, if I miss, you know, talking to my therapist that week, you know, my attitude is, is in my overall aura is a little bit more negative than would have been had it would have been if had I, uh, you know, made Juma that week or seen my therapist that week. So for me, it's, I think it's being in touch with my higher power, which I choose to call Allah, subhanahu wa um, and being in constant contact with my network, people within my network who, you know, struggle with the same thing that I struggle with and um, telling them about my problems and listening to, to their solutions that they offer, um, talking to my therapist, um, staying in con constant contact with my higher power. Um, those things that bring me outside of myself is what helps me. And so you've been, you've been, you're obviously you're a JD student now. Um, is that right? Yes. Okay. So you're a student now. So does studying and, you know, keeping yourself focused with these goals really help you as well? Absolutely. Um, I see. For the first time, for the first time, I'm not going to say in my life, but in a long time, yeah. I like I actually have uh, something that that I'm I'm struggling to obtain. You know, a, a juris doctor. I'm, uh, I'm glad that you brought that up because having goals is is one thing that one of the main main things that that's uh, that keeps me on track and grounded as well. Um, constantly constantly keeping my head and 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 you know if i'm not if i'm not talking to my therapist or my wife or if i'm not taking care of my daughter um i'm i have my head in a book you know i have all these law books sitting on my desk right now that i'm looking at this it's mentally and physically draining at the same time and it's it's also spiritually draining but it's the type of stress and the type of draining that that uh that i'd rather face any day of the week versus you know the physical and mental drain of PTSD. It's my baby. Yeah, there's your cat. So, so also, so also your daughter Khadija. 
how much does she help you focus and, you know, with the PTSD? And I'm not saying for everybody who suffers from PTSD to start having kids, but what, how much of a, is she like an anchor for you? Um, well, <laughs> my wife, did I say something? Um, I think having, well, I, I don't know. I don't think I, I know for a fact that having, having my, my beautiful daughter, alhamdulillah, um, she, uh, she really, she really keeps me on track as far as my, as far as everything is concerned. I don't even want to point out any one particular thing as yeah. far as everything is concerned, because when I look at her, man, like on days when I feel like, on days when I feel like I'm, I, I want to feel like I, I want to go left or, or make a bad decision. Like I just think about her and look at her and ask myself, what's going to happen to her if I, if I choose this, you know, what, what's going to, what is she, what, what would she think of me if she was old enough to understand? Um, and that, that, that completely changed my, changes my perspective on the decision that, that I would have made. Um, I, I, it's, it's what my, it's, I like, it's this process that my, that my therapist uh, says, likes to call play to take through. I like that. So I play to take through and, you know, Khadijah is, 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 a a solid, uh, you know, pillar so to speak in my life as far as um you know helping me make helping me make the right choices for the right reasons i'm gonna like, talk to her as well and tell her my problems because she doesn't talk back <laughs> uh, i i mean i really i really appreciate you and your wife giving your time tonight to me and to all of the viewers that you know this is this is an important topic to talk about but also at the same time you're studying you have a wife you have a kid you know, you you recently bought a house. You have so much going on, but you're still giving us time. I really appreciate that. That is not a problem at all. You're a good friend, and this is for a good cause. So, inshallah, inshallah. inshallah. Um, and what's it called? Uh, we're 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 going through a lot of uh, what's it called? Uh, disruptions tonight as well. But we're still going through. We're still you know fighting through all of them. <laughs> but what's it called? So alhamdulillah, you have a lot going on. But also at the same time, does having too much going on? sometimes trigger the PTSD? Um, I would say that it does most more times than not. Honestly. More times than not. But once again, going back to having a balance, um, I think balancing out for me what's yeah. helpful is, you know, keeping everything in perspective. You know, too much of anything is bad. Okay. So, um, you know, as much as I want to, as much as I want to study, you know, for 18 hours a day, I know that that's not possible without me going crazy. So I, <laughs> I, I try to come on, baby. I try to get it. You know, I'll get a I'll get a, an assignment done and then I'll, you know, play with Khadija or I'll take a nap or I'll get something to eat. Um, I'll break down my day into into portions where I'm not I'm not overloaded or, or overbearing myself with too much of one thing because um, it is a lot. It is a lot. Because when, when, when I have a lot, I have to keep in mind when I have all these things going on, life's not going to stop. You know, bills are going to keep coming. Um, uh, she's still going to, she's still going to need to be fed. You know, Khadija's going to keep crying. Life is going to happen. So if, for me, if I don't balance, if I don't find some type of balance in between everything that's going on, you know, I'll go crazy. I think anybody would. Okay. I mean, that, that's absolutely right. And, you know, everything you're saying today is so true. 
And and it not only relates to people suffering from PTSD, it relates to all of us as in general as society. But more so, obviously, like I said, you know, one of the things was I really wanted to bring light to this, that you suffer through PTSD. So many others in this country suffer through it. But one of the things about it is our society with a lot of things, we've made it an unneeded taboo that we don't talk about it. And we imagine if we don't talk about it, we don't bring it up, it's going to go away. And it doesn't. It actually makes it worse. That's exactly right. That's with anything, I believe. Yeah. And and the more we talk about it, it's not going to make it better either. We actually need to take steps as society to try to find solutions for it. And each and every person's solution isn't the same solution. Each and every person has to, I guess, be tailored to and figured out how to you know, come to the solution. That's a great, that's a great theory. Um, the problem is, um, the problem is you can't shed light on something that you don't know is there. Yeah. So getting people to, to recognize that they indeed, you know, may be suffering in, in this area or this aspect of their life. That's the most difficult task in my book, because with, for me, it took me, I was, I was such an, I was so strong in that mindset of, you know, I'm a Marine or I'm a man and, you know, life happens and, you know, you're supposed to be strong and just get through it and just suck it up. And if you complain, then you're, then, you know, you're, you're, you're soft and you're weak. It took me so many years to just accept the fact that I even have PTSD and that I have this problem that needs to be addressed. I mean, I don't, I honestly don't even know how, I mean, it, it, it beat me down so bad that I had no choice but to recognize it and address it as a problem. And unfortunately that's what it takes for a lot of men and women, you know, to come out, c- come get to the point to where they have to, they have to address it. Um, and that's, that's the most pivotal, that's the most critical, uh, that's the most critical aspect about this, about this mental disease is getting people to acknowledge the fact that it's there, you know, yeah. uh, we can, so, so, so with PTSD, and now this is a question I know we didn't really go over it or talk about it before. And we had we, we did follow some sort of a format tonight. We tried to to address it properly. That was the only reason why. But obviously, Isa, anything he's saying, he's saying it from his heart and from his mind. Um, but but how does one who has PTSD and if so, one of your loved ones passes away or somebody, one of your friends passes away, how does that affect somebody with PTSD? Like in your personal experience? Um. Well, I'll 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 continue to use my personal experience because I can't speak on how somebody with with yeah. you know another with other PTSD would act. But um, you know, it's it's just like somebody that that doesn't have PTSD is devastating. But somebody with PTSD may particularly take it a little bit more um harshly than somebody that's not suffering from it because people with PTSD um. Especially with me, I'll just I'll just stick with stick with I statements and me. I I put too much on myself and I'll um like if anything negative happens, I'll take it to heart and punish myself for it. Um I think that's that's the main difference between you know me and then somebody else. Like I'll I'll um I'll take my pain and take my hurt. And instead of I, in, in my mind, I'm not I'm not hurting my wife or I'm not hurting my kids or I'm not hurting my mother or my father by, you know, um, 
taking mood of mind altering substances or or damaging my body. I'm hurting myself, but in reality, I really am hurting them. And that's what I had to understand. And that's what's that's what's really opened my eyes to to, to, to see that my um the the way that I deal with things was it was it was unhealthy. It was unhealthy, it was deadly, and uh not not to mention haram and it not only hurt myself like I thought that it was. I thought I was just hurting myself, but no, I'm hurting everybody else around me, all of my loved ones. And it took me the longest time to at first accept the fact that I had this struggle and to yeah. see I wasn't just hurting myself. I was hurting everybody else. And the actions that I think that I'm taking, that's that that only that I only suffer the consequences behind. It's, it's not it's just simply not true. All of my loved ones do as well. So, I mean, I mean, sometimes it's hard to realize or, and obviously, I, I can't speak, you know, obviously, you have a wife, you have kids, you have father, mother, you have all of these people who are really close to you. But even myself, sometimes seeing the struggles that you went through, it, it you know, I, like I said, I can't talk as closely as they can, because they're much closer to you than I am. But it, it does hurt like all of us by seeing the struggles that you go through, because we know the potential that you have. And we know the kind of person and the, you know, the kind of care you have for each and every one of us. And to see you struggle like that, it's it's tough. Yeah. Because we we know that you have such a high level you can reach, and you know, I, having had intellectual discussions with you, having spoken about Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala with you, and our beloved Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam with you, um, it's it, it's it's tough, and it's like you know, I, I I'm not crying, but it's making me emotionally even thinking about it that you know, I to a certain extent, I've seen some of the struggles. And, you know, we know the potential you have and how you take it upon yourself so hard that, you know, oh, I'm the one making the mistake or I'm doing this to myself, but how it hurts everybody around you because we love you so much. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And that's that's one of the that's one of the uh, that's one of the main points that I had to had to learn, I had to recognize, I had to learn and I had to accept. Yeah. And what's it called? It's just, you know, PTSD is just something you hate to see anybody go through because yeah. obviously like myself, seeing you go through it, I don't have a solution for it. And the only solution I can offer is for you to, you know, lend my lend my ear to you so you can talk about it. But at the end of the day, it may help you out a little, but I still feel like so incomplete that I wish I could help him more. Yeah, there's really uh, and that's the thing. There's, there's really, it's <laughs> you're uh, anybody's solutions is really limited to yeah the level of willingness that the person has to to want to to want to get help yeah you know, fortunately and, and and so so can you tell us a few things like religiously speaking because i know one of the things we had said we we're going to talk about how how religion has helped you go but personally speaking i know you told about how when you go to jumba then you go to your therapist she says that you know you're doing better but what are some like religious practices you've done which have helped you personally speaking, like, you know, some special scar, some special remembrance of Allah. What is there? Is there something that you've done, which you find is a key to help you out? Um, be honest with you, Ak, not a, not particularly just, uh, okay. I mean, <laughs> just, uh, struggling to maintain my daily salats. Um, okay. and wh honestly, what I find, what I find most helpful more than anything is, um, you know, I could say all these beautiful things, uh, read the Quran, um, um, you know, go in Jamaat, 
uh, make my five daily slots, sit in Vicar for hours. And, yeah. you know, I, but truth be told, it's focusing each and every decision that I make on the fact of whether I'm a pleasing a lost man about the Allah or not. Really, that's, it's that's, honestly, honestly speaking, that's more than enough because we can do all the physical actions, but if that's not our goal at the end of the day, then who are we actually pleasing? True. Um, so, so that's that's I guess like a, you know, they say like a totem pole or something. You know, you hold on to is you want to find out whether you're pleasing Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala by your t decisions or not. That's what you hold on to. Alhamdulillah. That's 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 really what I try to, um, what I try to focus on. Alhamdulillah, that's good. So what is your goal, obviously, with getting your law degree? What is your goal? Like, how do you want to help people out with that as well? Um, as of right now, I was thinking of, you know, I still have a while ago, like two and a half yeah, years. Yeah. So I graduate law school. But um, as of right now, I think I want to, you know, work for the, the Veterans Affairs and try and help other veterans who are facing a similar situation that I faced, you know, yeah. help, them, help them to see that, you know, there's a, it's a better way. It's a better way. Yeah. And, you know, to help, to help, to give back what's been so freely given to me, yeah. which is time and my effort and, 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 and helping uh, people in, in similar situations and not just veterans. I mean, anybody really, um, anybody that's, that's a part of our UMA, um, anybody that's, that's out on the street, Anybody that needs assistance, you know, I I, I want to be there as a beacon of 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 hope and uh, and an example as to someone who's been where they are currently and where I am now, and show that it is possible and just help I mean, out in any way possible. Yeah, because like last week I had on Brother Hassan Shibli, who's a civil rights attorney, and um, I. I, go ahead. What, what was that you said? Yeah. So he obviously we didn't talk about law at all or anything he does, to be honest with you, last week. But, you know, some of the work he does is so amazing, like, you know, him and his staff and the other care chapters that they basically they spend a lot of their time helping people who if they weren't able to get this free legal help, they may be in like a horrible situation. So I see your sincerity of how you want to help people who may not be able to get that help. And given what you've gone through, you have a direction and you have, you know, sort of like this mindset that these people have gone through this and they're still going through this, which may be a PTSD struggle or any struggle, but you want to basically focus your energy on whatever struggles you've gone through and help them through their struggles. And that's like that, that obviously you're doing that to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that's really commendable. Yeah. Um, it's been my experience that um, unless you have money, you know, the demographic that 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 affects that people that that affects people with uh, PTSD and substance abuse <laughs> issues, unfortunately, are you know of the lower tax bracket, um, yeah. with not a, a people with not a lot of money, people that may be homeless or in destitute situations, and uh, more oftentimes than not, you know they have they they have nobody to champion for them. They have nobody to stand up for them and and fight for them. The legal system takes advantage of them. Um, the VA system takes advantage of them. Um, the the judicial system, the police take advantage of them. And I've seen this with my own eyes. And, you know, um, it's just sad. It's, it's, it's sad to see that without without adequate 
assistance. I mean, the system, and I'm when I say the system, um, I mean, you know, any type of government or organization that has some type of control over you, they will steam, they will steamroll you and not even remember who you are if you let them in. So you're trying to, you're basically trying to fix that to whatever extent you can with whatever willpower you have. I'm not sure how much fixing I can do, but I'm here to help. Well, offer, offer, I guess, you know, some aid. Right. Because to fix the system would take a whole army. You know, it can't be done by one person. You gotta take an act of the law. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Absolutely right about that. Um, so is there, you know, as far as, you know, I guess moving towards the conclusion, what, what else would you like to elaborate on or tell us about? Um, <laughs> I mean, anybody, anybody out there that thinks that they um, may be struggling, you may not have to have PTSD, but every one of us, you know, every now and then battles some form of depression. Um, that's sort of a, a taboo thing to talk about in our society. Yeah. Um, suicide, that's a taboo thing to talk about in our society. And as a Umas, um, if I'm being quite honest with you, um, yeah. I can't remember the last time I went, sat through a, uh, I've sat through a, a cookbook and heard about, you know, the substance abuse that's running rampant within our UMA, the, the suicide rates and the, and the, and the mental problems that's running rampant. Um, <clears throat> and so I feel like a lot of us, especially Muslims, find it difficult and find it hard to talk about because as a Muslim, we're not supposed to use my mood and mind altering substances. So, somebody, so a Muslim that does you that use my mood and mind altering substances, who do they go to to talk about it? I mean, I'm certainly not going to go up to my mom and say, oh, my God, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I've been drinking alcohol and this and that and, and just spill my guts out to him because he's going to look at me like I'm crazy. You know, um, I think that uh, it it's imperative that if you're if you're if you're feeling outside of yourself that you seek help from someone and that's the and that's the most difficult thing for me it was the most difficult thing for me to do um no matter where you go just talk to somebody like i said i talked to my i talked to my infant daughter um, I talked to my I talked to my father. I talked to my wife. Um, anybody that's that may be familiar with with your circumstances, what's going on, just makes a lot. You know, if you have to go talk to your mom, talk to somebody and 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 try to find help, because all of us at one point or another come to a, a darkness, you know, within a, within our path and within our lives. Just just know that. You're not the only one that's going through these struggles and to to do your best to try and reach out for help because it's out there. We just have to look for it. And and I've gotten calls and I've met with people as serving as a volunteer mom at my masjid for almost 12 to 14 years. Youth have come to me. I have spoken with people who struggled with alcohol abuse, who struggled with drug abuse. Um, and many different, you know, a myriad of ailments that, you know, they've gone, they've, they've suffered through. And I've had honest conversations with them, open conversations with them that look, 
and the brother was so hard on himself who was suffering through uh, like alcohol abuse and i was like look brother it's okay it was a mistake you made but you don't need to be so hard on yourself we all make mistakes everybody's struggle is different and he's like oh i don't pray and stuff like that. i was like look just just take it easy and sometimes we get so hard on ourselves when we make mistakes that you know maybe we lose the end goal or the end point that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most forgiving and we just need to you know slowly come back towards him and and maybe if somebody's struggling through alcohol abuse it may not be easy for them to move away from it but they can slowly try to wean themselves off or find something else to do i mean i don't know i can't speak from personal experience but just trying to counsel somebody to the best of my abilities that try to help them as much as you can and not to feel so guilty about it and not to be so hard on themselves that's exactly right and and that that's, that's the main thing that i had to that I struggled through and I had to learn is to not not put so much not put more weight on myself than I have and, and not be so hard and and punish myself as as much as I as as I've been doing. I mean we have to look at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness at the end of the day. And if we look at that we'll have hope and we'll be able to move more towards what's it called a situation where we're comfortable being able to open up about these things with the proper people. Because you can't open up to somebody. If you say to somebody, for example, you're struggling through some sort of drug addiction, like you're addicted to crack, for example, mm. you can't go to somebody like an imam or a scholar and be like, look, I have a crack. And you're being open and you're being honest. And you're like, look, I have an addiction to crack or some other drug, you know, uh, some other drug. I don't know many names of drugs, but what's it called? But I have an addiction. And you can't be like, well, you're going to end up in hell or say something, you know, severe like that. You may get pushed all the way to the other side. Then you'll be like, go to hell. You know, I don't care about anything. But rather, you have to be nurtured and you have to be given space to be able to openly talk about it and feel comfortable about it. And at the same time, where the imam or the scholar or whoever you're talking to can comfortably guide you and let you know, yeah, what you did was wrong or what you did wasn't good. It's not like by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But we make mistakes. All of us make mistakes. And we have to move into a positive direction. It's that positive energy we need. That's one hundred percent right. Um, I agree with you with everything that you said. And my in my view, I, I like to say is, you know, as long as <laughs> my father says that if you're not if you're not if you're not improving, you're you're going down. Yeah. You, as long as you're constantly trying to seek improvement, as long as you're constantly, as long as your decisions are are always better than the decisions that you made yesterday, then you're 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 doing well in my book. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Um, and and there's and there's many different ways to you know in general seek help or seek guidance or get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, obviously we say Allah repeatedly the Arabic word for God, but what's it called? But but a person such as yourself or many others who who would be considered maybe maybe reverts or maybe considered somebody who found the path to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by Islam and many different things like this, that because of the lives that you've led pre-Islam, that a lot of things may be hard to let go of, a lot of things may be difficult, and it's just the whole aspect of you need to find the right people and the right support group to be able to help you out. Because if you find the wrong people, their intentions may be right, but their method may be wrong and it'll completely mess you up. That's exactly right. Um, once again, my father, I, I quote him a lot. Everything yeah. <laughs> from him. Um, he says that when you when you take your Shahada, you have to take the CPU out of your head of yeah. the West. And, yeah. and it's the CPU of Islam. It's a, yeah. a completely different mindset that you have to have from your thinking 
to your behavior, to everything. And you know, it's 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 not something. Although he, although my father uses that analogy, it's yeah. not as simple as that. It's a no. it's a lifelong process because when you when I mean, you can take that analogy if you want. But when you switch, if you know anything about computers, when you switch CPUs, you have a whole bunch of wires you have to you have to yeah. read to, and and a whole bunch of different pathways that you have to disconnect and then find the proper channel to reconnect, and that takes a lifetime. Yeah. Um, and and one of the things about it, like I said, is you have to find the right people to help you out um, because because it's converting or reverting or whatever you want to call it is not easy. And for a lot of Muslims who were born Muslim and they went down the wrong path and then they came back, even for them, it's not easy. And even like, you know, I'm, I'm considered by many people, which I don't really like it. And I don't ever want to think of myself as somewhat of a religious person, but but the temptations and all of the the evils out there that they also tempt us and you know people may think we're perfect or we do everything right but at times we have weaknesses as well and and the problem is society the way they hold us up on this pedestal for maybe being religious or maybe you know having this correct mindset or having prayed their whole life sometimes it becomes hard on us mm -hmm. and, and and the thing about it is we can't open up about it because if we open up about it, people are like, they start judging you. And judgment is like the worst thing you can do to anybody. Right. That that if somebody is drinking, even to judge them is wrong because you don't know what they're going through. You should be a good friend to them and you should be kind to them to help them out, but you can't judge them. Right. And and it goes along with the story, which I, I forget the name of the Sultan, but he had a dream. And the story goes along the lines of, um, when he f he had a dream about a man, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told him in his dream to go pray the janazah for this guy. So he went out. He used to go out on patrols. If I'm not mistaken, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. When he went out on the patrol, he found this man's body laying around and he picked him up and he asked the people, who is this guy? And they're like, oh, he's a drunkard and he used to hang out with prostitutes at night and so and so. So he's like, where's his house? So he, him and his wazir, they pick up this guy's body and they go to the house. And when he gets to the house, the wife is like, oh, my God, my husband died. He was the greatest man on earth and saying all these positive things. And so he's like, what are you talking about? Everybody's saying your husband was a drunkard and your husband used to nightly go to prostitutes. She's like, people were mistaken. And he's like, what do you mean? And she's like, At, during the daytime, he would buy all the alcohol and break all the bottles so nobody could be able to drink it. As much as he could, he would spend all his money. And at night, he would go to the houses of prostitutes and he would pay them money and he would read Quran to them all night so that they wouldn't have to sell their bodies for money. And this is the state he died in and everybody thinks he's wrong. So he gathered all the people in the janazah and told all the people what you thought about him was wrong, but what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had in, in store for him was much better. And people, they slandered him and they spoke bad about him. But at the end of the day, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was pleased with him. So we may think bad about somebody who may drink or do substances, but it's what happens at the end, which matters that they may die on Iman and we may not die on Iman. So we should consistently make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he guide us and he make sure, you know, he, we, you know, we make sure we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dua that we die with, you know, the parting words of, you know, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. Um, and you know, those are the things we should ask for. And I just met a brother and he was telling me about how his mother, a week before she passed away, um, she, this brother was having back problems and, uh, he's a very good brother, very good brother, Alhamdulillah. Um, and his mom, 
she was like, you know, I'll go live at another one of, you know, your brother's house because you're having back problems. You should live, stay in this bedroom. And she made dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala take her without any sort of like handicap, that she shouldn't live a life with a handicap. And so the brother was like telling his mother, and it was very beautiful, very, very beautiful as we were talking to him. He's like, why are you making a dua like this? And he didn't know what hikmah, what wisdom was behind that dua, that his mother passed away the following week. And she was fine. but Like she was an older lady. She was in her late 70s, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, she was perfectly fine. She had sort of a headache. Then she, you know, she suffered like a major headache. They took her into the hospital. Like she fell down, she collapsed. They took her into the hospital. They said she had a brain hemorrhage and she died like the next day. And, but she was never to the point of being a handicap where she became like a, a burden on anybody that she didn't want to be a burden, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepted her dua. Alhamdulillah. And, and that's, that's all we can ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is he accept our duas that we die on this, you know, on the true path and we die helping people. You know, whatever way we can help them. If somebody has money, they can help people with money. But such as your case, you have experiences. You're inshallah going to get your law degree sooner rather than later. Inshallah, let me get quicker and faster for you. Right. Um, and you're going to be able to help people out. And you're going to not only be able to help them if they're having legal struggles, um, VA struggles, but also at the same time, because of whatever you went through through your, through your life, you're going to be able to help them. And there's one thing which your father said many, many years ago in our masjid. And I know we're quoting him a lot tonight. Um, he was laying in the masjid. We were having breakfast. And after breakfast, he told me, he's like, we have to love everybody. I was like, even the people who don't like us, who wish bad for us. He's like, even those people. Because they're all the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if we don't love them, we're the ones who are doing them wrong. And, and, and that's a tough pill to swallow sometimes. That you have to love somebody who doesn't even like you, who doesn't even favor you. But he's like, yeah, you have to even love them. Oh and 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 when you're doing this, the path you're going down, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept it. But the path you're going down, um, what's it called? It's a good path, and it's a path where we're gonna be, you know, spreading more and more love to each and every person in society, inshallah. 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 So, so go ahead. Is there anything else you'd like no. to say? No, that was just uh I was just gonna put a a cap on on what you what you uh yeah. And we're talking about that, that so many years ago. It's funny because my father just last night told me the exact same thing. We we're talking about um, our beloved president, and yeah. he brought that up. He said, <laughs> You have to love everybody before you die. <coughs> but, but I, I really appreciate um, Khadija giving you time, um, and also Sister Sarah and yourself giving me the time and giving so much information tonight i really appreciate it i really appreciate your time um because 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 you you not only do you what's it called struggle with ptsd but you also have to take medicines and take other treatments to make sure you stay in check because of the other pains and stuff you have so i really appreciate your time because tonight's a school night for you yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's funny as it sounds but it's a school night yeah. so i really appreciate your time um, and I make dua for each and every person in this ummah and outside of this ummah and on this earth that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide all of us. Um, and he give us all hidayah and he keep us on the straight path, inshallah. Um, and one of the things which I was struggling with was trying to come up with like a tagline because the name of the podcast is Straight Path Podcast and the people were just like, just why don't you just do the translation of Ehdina Sirat al I was like, that's perfect. So, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just guide us all to the straight path. And keep us all on the straight path, inshallah. Um, wow. Jazakallah khair, Isa, um, wow. for your time.